Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Getting you ready for the day in sports betting, this is Point Spread Saturday on VSIN, the sports betting network. It is Point Spread Saturday here on VSIN. Happy to be with you, hour number two. Of course, we're leading you in right to the Lombardi line, as always, here on a Saturday on VSIN. I'm Jeff Parles. Let's dive right in. Week 18 playoff implications. There is a lot happening, as always, in the final week of the NFL season. Just make it easy. The one thing we know, we know Green Bay's the number one seed in the NFC. We know that. Green Bay clinched that last week with their beatdown win over Minnesota on Sunday night. The rest of the playoff picture, you can have moving and shaking all over the place. Let's start with the NFC uh, of what's clinched. The Packers, one seed, NFC North, clinched. Dallas, the NFC East is clinched. Seed, to be determined. Tampa Bay, NFC South Division, clinched. Seed, to be determined. The Arizona Cardinals and the LA Rams, both alive for the NFC West still. The Rams beat the 49ers. They win the West. If the Rams lose to the 49ers and the Cardinals win against Seattle, Arizona would win the NFC West. If both teams lose, the Rams would win the division but would fall down the pole in the seeding. Philadelphia's in. They're either going to be the 6 or 7. That depends on what happens around them. On the AFC side, we have divisions clinched and we have playoff berths clinched. We have no seeding clinched for anyone at this point. The Cincinnati Bengals, of course, dramatically clinched the AFC North last week. Kansas City won the AFC West yet again. They're clinched. Tennessee, back-to-back AFC South division crowns. And the driver's seat for the number one seed. Buffalo and New England, they're both in, both technically alive for the AFC East. If Buffalo wins, they win the East. If Buffalo loses and New England wins, New England wins the AFC East. If they both lose, Buffalo would win the division and would be locked into the four seed if that scenario happened. In the AFC, Tennessee wins. They are the one. Tennessee loses, and Kansas City wins. Kansas City is the one. If Tennessee and Kansas City lose, and Cincinnati wins, then Cincinnati gets the one seed. They're your one seeds for uh, one seed options for Tennessee. A win, a tie with a KC loss or tie. Kansas City, Cincinnati, and New England all lose, or Kansas City loses, Cincinnati loses, and Buffalo wins. We get Tennessee the one regardless. 
of the results around them. Of course, if Tennessee wins, then they are the one seed. Kansas City still alive for the one there. Simplest one. KC win and Tennessee loss. Cincinnati, again, trying to hit the inside straight here. Cincinnati wins. Tennessee loses. Kansas City loses. New England loses or ties would get Cincinnati the one seed. Problem for Cincinnati is it looks like they're sitting their starters, including Joe Burrow. They're a six-and-a-half-point underdog against Case Keenum and the Browns. So that's what we're looking at there. Buffalo, if they win, they're the AFC East champion. If New England loses, Buffalo's the AFC East champion. New England, they need to win, and Buffalo needs to lose in order to win the AFC East. New England technically could get the one seed still, which is a little bit wild. They would need to win. Buffalo loses. Kansas City loses. Tennessee loses. Problem with that is you're looking at a 16.5-point favorite, a 10.5-point favorite, and a 10-point favorite. Good luck. New England to get that number one seed. Now, looking at the AFC side, and we'll throw in these wildcard teams that aren't clinched yet. Indianapolis plays Jacksonville. Indianapolis has to win to get in. If the Chargers lose and Pittsburgh and Baltimore tie, then if the Chargers lose and Pittsburgh loses and Miami wins, Indy would get in because then Miami would hold the tiebreak over Baltimore. Chargers, very simple, winning in in most scenarios. Raiders, same deal, winning in in most scenarios. Pittsburgh, they win, Indy loses, and there is a winner of the Sunday night game between the Chargers and the Raiders. Baltimore, they need to win. Chargers need to lose. Indy needs to lose. And Miami needs to lose or tie. Baltimore, again, uh, just a season that uh, got away from them because of the injury. So there are your, your playoff scenarios. And what you look at the playoff picture now. On the AFC side, they are the team. The, the AFC, if we get the seven that are in there right now Tennessee, Kansas City, Cincinnati, Buffalo, New England, Indianapolis, and the LA Chargers, this is the m- most wide open field I can remember where all seven teams you can make an argument could come out of the conference. Now I know there will be some that point to the Chargers and, like, wait a second, how can you say that? Well, the Chargers, because of their variance on fourth down, are more than capable of beating anyone. They're also more than capable of losing to 30 by anyone. Remember, the Chargers more than likely, if they win, would more than likely draw Kansas City in the first round. The Chargers beat Kansas City in week three, and of course that infamous Thursday night game probably should have won that game against Kansas City. Indianapolis, we know the issues with them. Carson Wentz. But the rest of that, great run game, great offensive line, a defense that has improved the whole year. Very difficult to see them losing this week against Jacksonville as a 50-point favorite, plus 750. If you want to take a take a lot of ticket on the Jags. The only one factor going against Indy right now, Indy has not won in Jacksonville since 2014, which is pretty amazing because the Jaguars have had only one good team in that stretch. Of course, the team that made the AFC title game and nearly knocked off New England. The Speaking of New England, the Patriots, if I were power ranking the seven current teams of the ability to make the Super Bowl, I think I'd rank New England currently number seven just because I'm, I don't trust their offense in a playoff scenario having to win three road games. And as great of a coach as we know, Belichick is the best coach of all time, as good as Mac Jones has looked, this was the year to just develop Mac Jones. 
there, of course, there were playoff aspirations the whole year with New England. They were at one point the number one seed in the conference as well before they lost those back-to-back games to Indianapolis and Buffalo. But New England, I would look at as a team. Again, I want to see what these numbers are, but they're someone I'm going to look to fade, especially if they win that wild card weekend. If you're going through one through seven in the AFC, just in the way that I look at these teams, the Chiefs, I still would put a number one just because they've been there, done that. I would pr- I would put Indianapolis, even though they'd have to go on the road at number two. I like how they're built. I would put Buffalo at number three. Just something about Josh Allen in, in the inclement weather scares me. And the way against good teams, really the only, they beat Kansas City and they beat New England. Those are the two good teams that they beat this year. Tennessee, I'd put at number four. The home field advantage is the only reason they're that high. But look, it looks like they're getting Derrick Henry back. The defense is solid. Much improved. Tennessee has a real chance. Bengals at five because they have home will have home field in one game. Chargers at six and then New England at seven would be the way I would rank the seven playoff teams as of this moment. If the Raiders made the playoffs, they would be seven regardless of who was in the field unless if somehow we ended up with the Raiders and the Steelers in the field, which I it, it, which I'm pretty sure not possible on that regard. NFC-wise, let's look at the NFC here. Of course, Green Bay already clinched in. Tampa Bay, of course, has already clinched the division in the South. The Cowboys have clinched the East. The Rams are favored against the Niners. If they win, they'll get the two-seed. If they lose, they can fall to the five with an Arizona win over Seattle. What I think ends up happening here is I think Chalk prevails. The Rams beat the Niners. The Saints go on the road and beat the Falcons, even though I think they struggle, which would knock the 49ers out, would move Philadelphia up to the six, move New Orleans into the seven. The column on the left would stay as is. Green Bay one, L.A. two, Tampa three, Dallas four, Arizona five, Philly six, New Orleans seven. If we end up with New Orleans and Philadelphia, the the Eagles and the Saints are not capable of making a run in the playoffs. They're just not good enough. They don't have good enough quarterback play to win more than maybe a game in a big upset. Which would then leave the five that we have considered all years. One of these five is going to represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. And even though the Packers are the correct favorite, the prohibitive favorite, brought it up on a numbers game this week, I'm just not fully sold on this Green Bay team, even though it would be a big disappointment for the Packers if they didn't get to the Super Bowl in either year that they got the one seed. Got the one seed last year, didn't get there, had the one seed here. They didn't get there. That would be a huge disappointment. The problem is when you're looking at another team, who do you even look to? The Rams, Matthew Stafford has looked like Jared Goff the last few weeks. They've gotten away with it because Minnesota and Baltimore just weren't good enough to take advantage. I don't trust them. I don't trust the Cliff Kingsbury team in the playoffs especially with this group making its first rodeo. And then that leaves Dallas and Tampa. Are we going to trust the Mike McCarthy coach team in the playoffs? And the issue with Tampa, it's not, obviously, it's not the coach, not the quarterback. We know Tom Brady. We know that guy's pretty darn good at this football thing. But the amount of injuries they have sustained, and I'm just curious how much this ridiculousness around surrounding the Antonio Brown fiasco if that's going to influence it all, if that noise is going to seep in, even though he's not with the team, 
I'm curious to see how that impacts Tampa. It's going to impact them on the field. There's no arguing that. Can't argue how good of a player Antonio Brown is. But in the end, I, I look, I still think Green Bay probably will come out of the NFC despite the fact that I'm not overly confident. Even with home field, even with the the back-to-back MVP, even with the team that seems to be the most balanced, team that Green Bay has had since the 15-1 and 2011 team. Don't fully trust it for whatever reason. All right, when we get back, we're going to look at Week 18. We're going to look at maybe not the best of matchups here in Week 18. Games that involve teams that may be changing their coach or have already fired their coach moving forward. Look at some motivational factors. That's next. Here on Point Spread Saturday on v Sports Betting Network. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but... Creighton is the team every year that the nerds, you know, the basketball nerds, are like, you know, who's ready to catch Creighton? You don't watch Creighton. They play. And I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shannon, the dude, today. Creighton's never going to win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton. They're not, never the, not, gonna, the, not the Big East tournament? Well, I mean, they could maybe they win the Big East tournament, but it'll only be luck. But, like, they're always like, you know, a sleeper team. That, like that guy who I told you had eight title teams. One of his title teams was – Creighton is not winning the national championship. It's yeah, I don't not, have him doing that. that. Like, that's why do we all have to act like Creighton is a, is a, is a good team? Creighton's like the band they all say you should know if you really knew bands. <laughs> And then they're never at any of the Yeah, exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys, and they lose out to, like, you know, Lil Durk. And you're like, see, I knew Lil Durk was better. Why are you, t- why are you telling me? You've the whole time. <laughs> and this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. This is Point Spread Saturday on VSEN, the Sports Betting Network. VSEN has a great new offer to help you make this year the best betting year you've ever had. Our all new Big Game Big Dan special provides VSEN Plus all access to everything we do from now through April 5th for just $69. Sign up now and get our daily best bet emails. 24-7 video access, the upcoming big game, and college hoops betting guides, plus full access to vsin.com with our exclusive betting split breakdowns on every single game. It's one of the most exciting betting seasons of the year, so don't miss out today on one of our best deals of the calendar year. Visit vsin.com slash big deal to sign up today. It is Point Spread Saturday. Here on VSIN, live at the South Point Hotel and Casino in Las Vegas, I'm Jeff Parles. Shout out to the crew as well. Matt Neverett is always doing a great job producing the show. Liz, Matt, Kevin, our great tech crew, doing a great job as well here on a Saturday morning. Here in week, uh, here in week 18, 
we usually know, of course, Black Monday in the coaching firing realm will be, uh, be fully commenced 48 hours from now. And we already know two vacancies are going to be open. We know two. Jacksonville is open, and the Raiders are open. Even though Rich Passaccia, if they win, if the Raiders win tomorrow and get in the playoffs, Rich Passaccia might keep that job, which is something I didn't think was going to be in play. Of course, there's uh, Jim Harbaugh rumors flying around that he may want to get back in the NFL. But we'll see where that goes from. Looking at the Raiders, of course, the Raiders are right now a a three-point underdog tomorrow against the Chargers. The Raiders scenario is an interesting one because they have a bunch of cap space, but they, the roster really is not in the greatest shape. Mike Mayock, you'd finally be able to see what they can do with him running the show, of course. Yeah, he was the GM, but we know who was running the show before. We know this was Gruden's thing before uh, he was, uh, he, was uh, he technically resigned, but was going to be uh, relieved of his duties anyway. The Raiders and the Jaguars, as we know, are open. Jacksonville, one thing I will say, because Twitter likes to pick on Bill O'Brien. I I, I know, I understand why, because when you get someone that eh, may not be the, may not be the the nicest of guys, but Bill O'Brien's not this horrible head coach that Twitter's, that social media is making him out to be. He's just a horrible GM. That's why he went sideways in Houston. Uh, he's interviewing for the Jacksonville job this week. Jacksonville, of course, this week, they are a big underdog against Indy. If they win and spoil Indy's season, obviously this would be very intriguing to see what the vibes are going into next year. Again, Trevor Lawrence, who is a huge disappointment this year. There is no arguing that. Trevor Lawrence was supposed to be this generational, come right in, be great quarterback. I don't know about you, but moving forward, I, Trevor Lawrence, probably the third quarterback I'd want at this moment of the rookies, maybe even fourth. And part of that is situation, like Mac Jones' situation. If you put Lawrence in New England, I guarantee you Lawrence has better numbers than, than Jones. Lawrence is more talented than Mac Jones. But because Lawrence went to such a disastrous situation, Lawrence looks like he's lost. I don't want this to be another David Carr scenario. But that's kind of what it looks like right now. The other ones, of course, these two teams are playing each other. Chicago and Minnesota, we're operating on the assumption that Matt Nagy's not going to be the coach after tomorrow. They, of course, have Justin Fields, who has shown glimpses, but it's been a pretty rough rookie year, all things considered, from injuries to some bad play, even though there were some glimpses of what Justin Fields can be down the line, and I'm not giving up on I'm not giving up on Lawrence either, but I'm definitely not giving up on Justin Fields. The Bears and the Vikings play each other, and of course, the other coach that's really on the hot seat is Mike Zimmer. I'm kind of surprised Minnesota hasn't already made the move. And I know you can say, "Oh, you can't win anything with Kirk Cousins." Come on. There, there is such a dearth of great quarterbacking in this league at this point. That Kirk Cousins, who is about quarterback number 13 or 14 in the league, you should be able to make the playoffs with him and that talent on offense relatively easily with the way the NFC is broken down this year. And Minnesota's out. Minnesota tomorrow, by the way, is a five and a half point favorite. That number vaulted up from two and a half 
because we didn't know if Kirk Cousins was going to play. Mike Zimmer said Cousins going to play. By the way, Cousins under contract through next year, and Minnesota's no cap room. That's usually not a good thing for a quick fix. This one tomorrow, by the way, I, I thankfully did not play the early week teaser because I liked Chicago early in the week on the eight and a half. Didn't play it, thankfully. Would have would have ended up with a good old three point teaser. You love that, right? You're like, like what? you don't want that. The Bear, by the way, uh, this game, I'm because I'm, Eric at home brought this up before. I'm very curious to see what Chicago's motivation is here because Andy Dalton is starting because Fields is on the COVID list. I am curious to see if that was just last week again. A lot of that was that the Giants are just a pathetic mess right now. I don't know if the Bears can put together back-to-back games. Granted, Chicago probably had that Monday night game, the 17-9 game, where Chicago kept getting in the red zone and finding ways to not score. Chicago probably should have won that game. A tough game to handicap, and it's a really tough game from the perspective of trying to figure out the motivation for both sides. Maybe the Minnesota Viking players are done with Mike Zimmer. Last week, you can't really take much because what do you expect them to do with Sean Mannion at Lambeau Field against a good backer team? It's an interesting one there, Minnesota and Chicago. And then Seattle's the last one. Seattle, Seattle, you got to look at this in a bunch of ways because Pete Carroll, for me, I, I would, I would have, I probably would have moved on after last year after the way they looked completely unprepared to play a playoff game last year against the Rams. I understand why they didn't. Guy won a Super Bowl. He's been the best coach in franchise history in Seattle. But they have bigger things. And this is, I'm curious if last week was the, all right, this is the one we want to win because it's the final home game potentially. Because you have Russell Wilson basically saying, this is not my last game in the NFL, but I, and I hope it's not my last game in Seattle, which is, uh, which is usually not a, not a telltale sign that Russ is uh, wanting to hang around. Of course, he's under contract through 2024, but we know how quarterbacks can uh, can thread the needle and um, influence things in a way if they want to get out of town, especially if uh, Sean Payton in New Orleans wants him. This number's been bet down against Arizona. It was six and a half for most of the week. Now it's six. There's even a few five and a halves out there. I'm a little bit tepid on betting this game at all. Because Arizona's been dreadful against the spread at home this year. I'm just concerned that Seattle, that was the effort last week. I know it was against Detroit. Detroit's terrible, as we know. Seattle scored 51 points. Russell Wilson looked awesome. Metcalf and Lockett looked great. The big question mark is here. What effort do you get out of the Seahawks? Do they realize, is Pete Carroll going to be out? Do they want to win one more for Pete, a guy who is beloved still in that locker room in that city, even with the uh, the, the Seahawks, again, a franchise that, quite frankly, should have had back-to-back Super Bowls. Tough game. Very tough game. Very tough to figure out exactly what you're getting out of Seattle. Arizona, again, been brutal at home. They've only covered three games this year at home. They've really struggled at home. They've been great on the road, as you see. <laughs> They're 10 and 6 against the spread this year, but most of that damage to the positive side has been done away from the big toaster there in Glendale. The other one I'll bring up real quick the Giants. The Giants, I know they said Joe Judge is safe. 
I know John Mara doesn't want to change another coach after only two years, but with the way that the Giants have performed since Joe Judge has been given the vote of confidence to stick around, how can you not reevaluate and keep him? How can you keep him? The Giants are a seven-point underdog tomorrow at home to a six-win football team who earlier in the week, Ron Rivera nearly in, in public was considering starting Kyle Allen in this game. And the Giants are a seven-point underdog at home. By the way, I'd only lay the seven with Washington. I don't want anything to do with the Giants on a positive side at this point. They are that bad. They are, at this moment, if you put them in Jacksonville playing each other, I, would, I wouldn't even think twice and I would bet Jacksonville. Because Jacksonville probably still be getting points. The Giants are that terrible right now. Jake Fromm is going to start that game as well. I do have a best bet on that game later. I think by the way I'm talking, you may be able to figure out where I'm going with that. Not a traditional spread bet on that. That's all I'll say. Giants are so bad. It's amazing how that franchise, which was the model of consistency, one of the best franchises in all of sports, is now a laughing stock. And may not even be the best football team in their own building when the other team only has four wins this season. BFU Tech, college football news. Rudy hits his thoughts on what we're going to see Monday night in Indianapolis. That's next on Point Spread Saturday on VSIN. This is Point Spread Saturday on VSIN, the sports betting network. We have a new prop tracker now available on vcin.com for you to keep track of all the key NFL props. Head to vcin.com to get the current odds as well as the movement each week to follow the trends and find the best value. Track the odds for MVP, Coach of the Year, Rookie of the Year, and much more. Check out the prop tracker, betting splits, key trends, and matchup data for every game now at vcin.com slash NFL. And, of course, our prop tracker available for other sports as well, so go check it out today at vcin.com. It is Point Spread Saturday here on vcin. I'm Jeff Parles, happy to be with you. And now with us, Pete Futag right now. College news, collegefootballnews.com. Pete, thanks for being up bright and early with us today. And you look at the way that this week has settled down here betting-wise. Georgia immediately bet from two and a half to three in this game. Now we're starting to see the number creep back down to two and a half on Georgia as the favorite against Alabama. Total is 52 here, Pete. Uh, Just as we've gone through this week, what are your thoughts right now on this game as we get within 48 hours? Yeah, when it comes to the spread, usually I know I'm, you know, I'm not supposed to be thinking like this, but whenever it's like, oh, no, a half point, ooh, whoop-de-doo. But in this, it kind of matters because, like, this could mirror the first national championship meeting between these two where it is kind of a defensive slugfest. I do think these two defenses are going to take over and control this game. I will be slightly shocked if this turns into uh, some sort of up-and-down shootout. Uh, They both have the firepower. They both have the talent. Uh, This is where the defenses should rule. So I do kind of like the under on this. And I hate picking against Alabama. I just, it's, I've always said, no matter what, even when you're wrong, even if they get blown out like they did in Santa Clara, you're not wrong in picking Alabama. The problem is, I stick it with my original call that this Georgia team 
from the beginning of the tournament is this little mini tournament was going to rise up and play like it did all year. This, the, the SEC championship wasn't an exposure of anything. It was just a big game by Alabama. But if you look over the body of work over the entire season, this Georgia defense, more than anything else, has been totally consistent. Alabama has been everything but consistent. I'm going to stick with the Georgia defense and think that they can pull this off. Although, again, I, it's Alabama. Pick against them at your own risk. Right now, uh, Bama, of course, also taking money on the money line, plus 120, uh, down from plus 130 earlier in the uh, week. So people uh, starting to look on Bama. Total-wise, Pete, 52. I anticipate that this will probably move up maybe a half point or a point because, you know, people will come flying in to bet this game over. But, I, I again, if it, this is kind of backwards from what the normal correlation would be for me. I think if Bama wins, you're going to look at an over. And if you like Georgia, you'd look to bet the under here. I would go under no matter what. Okay. Uh, only because if you look at the past national championships uh, under Nick Saban, when they've won, usually they're – I mean, the – the Clemson games were kind of crazy shootouts. I mean, those were uh, – that was a different era, a different time. That was kind of the transition period for uh, Alabama football when they really did kind of go from being a defensive powerhouse to uh, becoming that offensive team that uh, blew up last year and rocked everything. But in this, in this again, their offense is – stalled and sputtered just so much, and they are going up against a great defense. They are going up against a team that was uh, one of the top three defenses, if not number one, all season long. Uh, I know that the temptation is going to be, and I know every time everyone says, oh, I don't want to see this again. We just saw this matchup a couple of weeks ago. Temptation is going to be the recency bias where you saw what happened before. You saw Bryce Young go crazy. This is a slightly different Alabama team, mainly because you don't have John Mechie around anymore. They can focus solely on kind of slowing down their other great wide receiver, Jamison Williams, who torched him in the first game. And even he's a little banged up. He got rocked in that uh, game against Cincinnati. So uh, I, I think, that if anything, the winner of this game is going to win this, not because they, they went off offensively. It's because their defense rose up and rocked. Pete, so uh, what you're saying is you you would like Bryce Young's passing yard total under 313 and a half yards then? I, I no, I wouldn't even go there because like the the crazy that's one of those stay away moments because right. they he could go up and down the field and Georgia could bend a lot and just not break. I whatever if you can get a prop bet on field goals, I'll go over because that's I think this is where you you are going to see some offense. They're just not. It's not going to be an up and down shootout. I I, I kind of think it's going to be one of those things where Alabama comes out and has a a great first drive where all their scripted plays uh, hit, and all of a sudden, okay, here we go. Alabama's off the races, and then Georgia just sort of settles in. The adrenaline chills out, and then uh, it it just kind of becomes one of those tight battles. I certainly don't think it's going to be the uh, the rough first half like we saw when these two played in Atlanta a few years ago, but I do see it where there is offense, just not a whole lot of a whole lot of scoring once they get in the red zone, get down there. We're gonna have to get Matt Neverett on uh, on field goal props uh, to, on this national championship game, Pete. We'll we'll effort that over the next few minutes. Pete Futek with us right now on the tweets at Pete Futek, CollegeFootballNews.com. Of course, the proprietor over there. Go check out his great work at CollegeFootballNews.com. Uh, Pete, uh, would, would the blowout, the second consecutive blowout in this game, be the only surprise that you could see from this? Yeah, it's. It, 
Well, it was a blowout before, but Georgia was still kind of there until late, until the uh, until the, I wouldn't be totally shocked by anything either of these sides do. I mean, you know, Alabama. We know Alabama under Nick Saban. I mean, they they played LSU back in what was it, 2014 or whatever, 2012, when they uh, when they had that one nine six epic loss, and then the defense rose up and totally shut things down. You know, Alabama's been flaky all season long, and then, you know, they barely need first in 98 to get by Auburn. And then what do they do? They pitch that gym offensively against the, the best defensive country in, in the country in Georgia. And, you know, they go out and just, just kind of toy with Cincinnati a little bit. So this is an up-and-down team. So I guess I wouldn't be quite surprised by anything, and that includes, like, I was surprised by the 44-16 Clemson and Santa Clara. I wouldn't be surprised if Georgia came up and, like, Again, was amazing defensively and won like twenty-seven to ten. You know, I, I I don't think there's anything in this that would really shock me other than a forty-five forty shootout. Well, that would uh, that would not be good for our unders there if that happened, uh, Pete. No, no, that would be bad. <laughs> that would not be good for our unders. All right, Pete. Uh, uh, before we uh, shift over to one thing, uh, looking ahead to uh, potential next year futures and that final prediction here. What are what are we going with, Pete? I'm going with Georgia very, 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 very sheepishly. And, you know, I, I'm not going to argue with anybody who is like, it's Alabama, go with them. I just uh, go with your first call. Again, like uh, last year, I, I totally whiffed Ohio State. Uh, you know, Justin Fields was too hurt, and they lost Trey Sermon right out of the gate. And that just, as it, it turned out, Ohio State's goal, their sole singular focus all season long was redemption for that Clemson loss. They got that. And Alabama's goal was to win the national championship, and they certainly played like it. This is certainly different. Georgia's been that one all year. They've got the talent, and they've got the ability, they've got the athleticism uh, to hang with uh, Alabama uh, more than just about anybody else in the country could. Uh, And I think this defense is just going to show out and come up with a, a great performance. So I am very, very sheepishly and lightly going Georgia to win this. Pete, uh, we have about 90 seconds here. I just want to ask you this because this week was a very active transfer portal week, especially with Caleb Williams going into portal and less than about two hours later, Oklahoma flipping around and getting Dylan Gabriel from Central Florida via UCLA uh, with the uh, with the transfer portal. But, Pete, uh, just if we're looking ahead to potential future numbers that would come out on Monday night after the game, it's pretty darn near impossible to really handicap anything this early for the 2022 season because of just how active the portal is still. And and knowing what the schedules are, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the other key aspect of this. You're, you're right. I was asked the other day on a, on a show, like, uh, so you're preseason top 25 for next year. Like, uh, I don't know. Like, <laughs> like tell me, where, like you said, t- tell me where Caleb went. Look, let me just throw out, I'm going to go crazy and say Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State in some order. Let's just start there. Uh, but no matter what happens. But you're right. I mean, does Caleb Williams land at USC? You know, does Caleb Williams go to Georgia for some? You know, like it depends on where he goes. It depends on where all these uh, transfer portal guys end up. We still don't know anything until the NFL draft deadline kicks in uh, for the underclassmen. So uh, it, it is a very, very, very fluid situation with all this. But just assume that all the big guys are going to have a very, very capable quarterback under center going into next year. He's Pete Futag. Get, uh, get him on the tweets at Pete Futag. And of course, collegefootballnews.com. Pete, it's always a pleasure to catch up with you. Enjoy the game on Monday.
I will. You have a good one. You as well. Of course, uh, Monday night, 8 o'clock Eastern time in Indianapolis, Georgia-Alabama, the second time in a national title game, the second time this season in the last five weeks. Bulldogs right now, two-and-a-half-point favorites against Alabama. Next on a point spread Saturday, I have two best bets. One of them maybe a little risky just because of what early day results could indicate. The other one, boy, we're we're going after a bad team. We're fading a bad team. That's what we're doing. That's next on Point Spread Saturday here on the Sports Betting Network. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying cows are bust. You can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, Demarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be my That's my, my game. <laughs> Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. This is Point Spread Saturday on VSEN, the sports betting network. If you missed any part of our show or anything on the VEASAN schedule today, don't forget to check out our free sports betting podcast. Catch replays of all of our shows or download and listen on your schedule. Go to VEASAN.com slash podcast and get the Beating the Book pod with Gil Alexander or Market Insights with Josh Applebaum. Plus, we have Hardwood Handicappers, the Lombardi Line, Follow the Money, Coast to Coast Hoops, and many more. They are free and available now at VEASAN.com slash podcast or wherever you get your podcast today. Point Spread Saturday, final segment. The Lombardi line, of course, comes your way next here on uh, what is the beginning of Week 18 in the National Football League. Two games today, 14 tomorrow, and then we're down to 14 in the league for this 2021 season. Let's uh, dive right in, and these are all correlated, of course, to the total and uh, and where they're at right now. The highest-scoring games and the lowest-scoring games of Week 18 by the numbers at DraftKings. The highest total on the board is in Vegas. The Chargers and the Raiders, 5-1 to one to be the highest scoring game. I do not want to bet that at that number because there is the concern if results earlier in the day happened, you could see a lower scoring game. Again, I don't anticipate the nuclear scenario for the NFL, which would be Indy loses, Pittsburgh wins, and then the Chargers and the Raiders need to tie to get both teams in. I don't foresee... The 
kneeling on the football palooza that some have been rooting for on social media. And I also don't think the Chargers and Raiders are good enough to play a game where the teams intentionally tie 20 to 20 or something like that. But I am concerned that that would be a lower scoring game if you get that scenario. So I don't want that. The one I would look at here, and uh, bear with me here on this. Bear with me here. I would look to Chicago and Minnesota. Now, you're saying you want to bet on a game with Andy Dalton and Kirk Cousins is the highest scoring game of the week. Now, this is a pretty low week for totals, and we've seen totals come back down throughout the weeks. And also, this is for Sunday only. This does not include Kansas City and Dallas. Bears-Vikings at 10-1 to 1 would be the way I look. Chicago moved the ball at will the first game. They just kept finding ways to not score in that Monday night game against Minnesota. Minnesota was legitimately bad offensively. But that felt like an inspired Chicago Bear defensive effort where you have made, you're going to have lame duck coaches potentially on both sides here. I would look to go on – we're going on this prop, 10-1 to 1 shot on, on Chicago. Right now that total is 44 across the board. That would be the way I would look here. Rams and 49ers, now I expect a grinded-out game. Indian-Jacksonville, you can't rely on Jacksonville to score. The only scenario that probably make it look good would be if you get a scenario like last week where New England puts up 50 on their own. But I think if Indy gets out to a pretty reasonable lead, you're probably going to see Indy take the foot off the gas. We're in the playoffs. We don't want to get anyone injured. I don't see them really running it up on Jacksonville. Unless if Jacksonville uh, starts turning it over and defensive touchdowns are scored for Indianapolis. On the flip side here, the lowest scoring game in the National Football League here in Week 18. And, of course, it's interesting for me that the Browns and the Bengals, I know that total has taken a total nosedive down to 37, which is now the lowest on the board. That's 6-1. to one. The bet here is the Washington and the Giants game at plus 650. You'll understand fully why when we get to my bets bets in a few moments. The Giants offense is so painfully inept at this point. The Giants had negative 10 yards passing last week against Chicago. Jake Fromm in his only, when he started against Philadelphia, was so bad that they had to bench him for Glennon. And Mike Glennon, at this point, is probably the worst backup in, in the league. Not probably, he is the worst backup in the league. How are the Giants moving the ball in this game? The only way this game really goes high scoring to me is if you get a scenario like it was a few weeks ago in Philadelphia, where Philly starts turning the Giants over, they score on defense, they, they really start running it down the Giants' throat. But I don't think Washington's offense is capable of doing that. So that's the one I had to look at, a plus 650 on Washington at the Giants. The other ones on here that are worth consideration, maybe New England and Miami, you could get a slugfest down in South Beach. But I would look to the Giants and Washington. How, how are the Giants scoring in this game? They're so bad. They are so impossibly bad. And again, I don't understand why the Giants, I know Joe Judge was deemed safe a few weeks ago. I don't know how you can watch these performances these last few weeks and say, oh, I can keep my coach here. You've been so pathetically bad. Let's uh, let's let's look at the best bets, though, for this weekend. Let's look there, and then uh, I'll give out some leans as well over the last few minutes. On the college football side, 
Georgia now two and a half. Again, the, the bottom are leans. Haven't bet them yet. I'm going to wait it out. But if you're going off of last night and this morning, Georgia's down to two and a half like that, obviously, even more than the three. Georgia, Alabama, I am going to wait for the total, but 52 is pretty darn good to me. Under 52 on Georgia and Alabama. I don't anticipate a high-scoring game. I think Georgia can be able to slow Alabama's offense, and Georgia's offense looked as good as it possibly could have last week against Michigan, and the game still went under. So that's what I'm leaning for Monday. On the NFL side, both of these in pocket right now. Chargers minus three against the Raiders. I just I, I don't like the matchup for Vegas. We saw it in week four. The Chargers basically did whatever they wanted offensively. The Chargers' defense is of concern. This is this will probably be one of the few limited times here at Allegiant Stadium in Vegas where it's going to be 85% or more Raiders fans. But I don't think it matters. I think the Chargers match up great with the Raiders. So we'll lay the three with the Chargers. And then you have to shop around here for this one because there's a lot of 14 and a half, and I still think that's good. The giant team total against Washington. All right, Jake Fromm. Score three times. Beat me here at 15 and a half under on the Giants team total. I think that's good on 14 and a half as well. Score three times on me. Be my guest. If you beat me, so be it. This also is one of those games kind of like last week with Chicago. I mentioned this uh, on Bet Center last Saturday night. If you get fluky touchdowns early in this giant Washington, in Washington game, where you got 14 points in under six minutes in the Bears-Giants game last week, bet unders. The full game pre-flop total got under in that Giant-Bear game last week. You're sitting there with 46 and a half early on in that Giant-Bear game last week. You can get a scenario where Washington turns the Giants over and gets a touchdown gets a, a touchdown on a, on a short field or a pick six, one of those bogus touchdowns. You look to bet that game in-game, but Giants, 15 and a half points. Go ahead, Jake Fromm. Get your three scores. If you beat me, I'll tip my cap, and we'll move to whatever's going on in-game. Now, also, too, I anticipate a lot of in-game action this week. This is going to look very collegiate, where you're going to be able to tell which teams are carrying and which teams are not this week, where you can hop in in-game and get some pretty good numbers. That's the way to play this week 18. This should be at least the way I expect to play it. You're going to see more in-game, significantly more in-game plays. And this is a usual card for me anyway. Significantly more in-game plays and halftime plays than full than pre-flop full game plays. Just because you're going to be able to see more. Use the data at front in the game. We'll see what happens. I will say this for tonight. I am still le- I am still leaning Kansas City. I'm not a huge fan of laying 10 in the hook. If that somehow gets back to 10, I probably will lay with Kansas City tonight, also a lean to the under as that total continually gets bet up in Dallas and Philly. That's up to 44 and a half. Just wait it out. Probably going to get a better number. That's a solo window primetime game. Probably looking at unders in game for me or unders preflop on Philadelphia and Dallas. Other than that, a lot of the numbers, uh, Pittsburgh at three and a half. You're getting the worst of the number. I think the Steelers still do win that game against Baltimore, but. Maybe waiting to see if Baltimore scores early and then go with Pittsburgh in-game. Utilize your in-game markets. And if you're if you're listening to us from the state of New York, of course, please, please enjoy your mobile betting that you finally have long overdue. 
with New York, of course, with the mobile betting online as of this morning. And in, in shocking fashion, the first mobile bet placed on DraftKings was a 16 barley. So there you go. Live in New York here on a Saturday. Happy to be here in Vegas. Of course, point spread. This has been point spread Saturday. Patrick Maher, Michael Lombardi. The Lombardi line comes your way next. Very curious to hear what Michael has to say on this Week 18 card. And also uh, what he has to say uh, across the board. And also, uh, again, live from New Jersey, uh, the first in the business there of the newer jurisdictions on sports betting, of course, behind the old guard here in Las Vegas. Big thanks to the crew, Matt Neverett, Matt Hicks, Liz Foster, Kevin Trask, doing a great job, as always, here on the early Saturday morning show here live at the South Point on Point Spread Saturday on VC. And again, Lombardi Line, Patrick Maher, Michael Lombardi, they're coming your way next to preview Week 18 in the National Football League and more. Enjoy your Saturday. Good luck on your bets here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media. But now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. 